Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I'm going to be talking with Dr. Megan Lott about neurooptometric rehab and the recovery of the visual system. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I'm author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, which is available on Amazon. Additionally, I am editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can grab your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And also don't forget to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today my guest is Dr. Megan Lott, and Dr. Lott is a functional neurooptometrist in Hadesburg, Mississippi. She performs visual exams that go beyond 2020 eyesight. She performs neurooptometric rehab for patients who, are, who have suffered a brain injury, and in 2019, she was awarded the Founders Award by the Brain Injury Association of Mississippi. In 2017, she was awarded the Healthcare Hero Award by the Mississippi Business Journal for her work in optometry in the state of Mississippi. She's the owner of Bellevue Specialty Eye Care. So, Dr. Lott, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Amy, thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, and I like I'm just I'm thrilled to have you here and sharing about vision, you know, and brain injury and how it's so interconnected. And you know, those who have regularly listened to my podcast um, know that you know that's sort of my passion because that was the missing link for me when I had my brain injury. I kept telling everybody there is something wrong with my eyes. And I just kept being told over and over, your eyes are fine, your eyes are fine, your eyes are fine. And, you know, the acuity was fine. You know, I I could see, um, but I could just tell something was wrong. And as a photographer, um, I'm unusual. I'm right-handed, but I'm left-eye dominant. And as a photographer, I was acutely aware of what was happening with my left eye. I'm like, it's something's not right. Something's not right. And I just kept getting dismissed. Even the neuro ophthalmologist was like, nope, your eyes are fine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't until two and a half years in when I found functional neurology and 
yep, it's your eyes. <laughs> so I'm very passionate about this subject. Um, so Dr. Lott, I would love to start by having you share with us how you came to work in this specialty, like how you've come to be part of the brain injury community. Absolutely. Well, so first of all, Amy, the doctors you saw, they weren't entirely wrong. Your eyes really were fine. It wasn't right. a problem with your <laughs> eyes or your eyesight. And so many times that's where people don't understand the difference in what we do and then what sets us apart as your primary eye care provider. Um I'm not looking at just the eyes. I'm looking at vision. And it couldn't be two totally different animals. Um, vision happens in the brain, and you know that. Mm -hmm. And that's why when you had a brain injury, your vision got messed up. Um, it wasn't your eyes. Your eyes were fine. The muscles were fine. You were still seeing 20-20. So from a medical, you know, anatomically, ophthalmology, optometric mm -hmm. perspective, it was okay. It wasn't your eyes. Um, so it really takes someone knowing how to go a little bit deeper into looking at all the other visual aspects. On a conservative note, it's thought 40% of your brain's dedicated to vision. There are other numbers wow. that even in the upwards to 70% is dedicated to vision. And this isn't visual acuity. You know that. Um, it's not the health of your eyes, but it's all the other things that your vision encompasses, whether that's focusing, whether it's tracking, whether it's even understanding what you are seeing. Um, so vision is a highly, highly neurological process. Um, how I got started um, with, the, um, with this whole crazy realm of vision, it actually started with my child who did not have any sort of a brain injury. He actually had an eye turn. And I was able to correct his eye turn through vision therapy when he was nine months old. And no one in Mississippi was doing this type of work. And there was such a great need for it. I began practicing much more functional visual rehabilitation. In doing so... I began getting more and more and more patients that had suffered brain injuries because of the work that we do through our vision therapy. Personally, I have had five concussions. Um, wow. And I can tell with, you know, once you start looking back on it, it's not really always the first one that kind of gets you. It's those number three, four, and five, mm -hmm. which really were very mild. At the time, I didn't even really associate that it was a concussion. It wasn't until a week or two later when I realized I just wasn't shaking off this little bump, you know, like I should be. Um, there was something more going on there. And so from a personal aspect, I really feel passionate um, about what we do. And it's a, it's a very rewarding aspect. And just like you said, it was two and a half years when you found someone. And I would say that's probably about average in our practice. They've gone through physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, all the neurologists, neuro-ophthalmologists. They've been everywhere. And the patients just know there's something off. They can't really put their finger on it, but no one's been able to identify it. And so many times 
vision is that missing piece to the puzzle Mm -hmm. to help them regain their quality of life back. Sometimes they require therapy. Other times they just require special lenses. Um, I frequently post on social media whenever we have patients that come in and their balance is poor. And, again, most people don't realize your vision affects your balance. Um, But it's part of the triad. Um, And it's very, very, very important. And they come in with poor balance, and we put some special lenses on them, and then all of a sudden they're able to walk on a line. They can walk forward. They can walk backwards. They can do anything I ask of them without feeling like they're going to fall over. Um, So sometimes it's just a simple pair of glasses. Yeah, and you know, the you you said earlier the brain is used for 40 to 70% um of its use is associated towards vision. And I never actually heard that statistic before. That's like fascinating. That's kind of blowing my mind right now. Um so it makes total sense. Like I just felt so off, but I couldn't put my eye doctor was so wonderful. She, she's like, I know, you know, I've been going to her for 14 years. So she's like, I know something's wrong, but I don't know what's wrong and I don't know how to help you. And she would go back to her little Facebook group and, um, and chat in there. Like, you know, I have a patient that's exhibiting this, this, and this. And um, I actually found one of your colleagues, um, Dr. Joanna Carter through that. And I actually interviewed her um, for a piece that I was going to write. Um, but, you know, my eye doctor, you know, like you said, my eyes were fine technically. Right. And yes. she didn't know how to help me. And she tried and tried and tried. Um, and, and it's so hard when you can't put into words, like I, I just knew something was wrong with my left eye and I described it to her. It felt like my left eye was fighting with my right eye to gain control. Exactly. And yes. <laughs> and she got that, but you know, like I said, she, and she actually tried prisms with me, but they didn't really seem to help me. We couldn't find one that made any difference. Um, and like I said, I struggled for over two years until I found a functional neurologist. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's your eyes. Because I, I kept telling, I told the neurologist, the homologist, um, the neuropsychologist. I was telling everyone, I think my eyes are what's making me dizzy. And they were like, oh, that's not really possible. And, you know, then fast forward to finding functional neurology. And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. It's all connected. Um, so do you have any insight into that component and how the eyes and the vestibular system, how it's also interconnected and that sense of dizziness, that sense of just being off. Absolutely. Well, you know, a lot of times, even when you um, go to some of the specialists like neurology, neuroophthalmology, if you look at the brain, everyone knows that there is an entire lobe of the brain that is dedicated to vision the entire occipital lobe, but that's not the only place that vision is. Vision is in every single lobe of the brain. Um, If any of those lobes of the brain are affected in any way, whether it's a concussion, a stroke, any type of insult, your vision is probably going to be affected. 
Amy, I'll give you another statistic that's probably going to blow your mind. Do you know if you moved your eyes side to side and you just made a quick glance to your left or right, we call that a saccade, do you know that it goes through 16 different points in your brain for you to make that eye movement? Isn't that crazy? Wow. And that so is what crazy. they've started, I know, right? And so what they've started doing is testing athletes on the sidelines at football games. Because what better way to do a quick concussion test than to test eye movements? Um, mm-hmm. And so in our office, the most common things that we see, which, of course, brain injuries, they can be such a vast array of um, different complications and symptoms. But the most common ones that we see are eye movements, which you can understand because it's so many different parts of the brain. Um that something could get miswired or um, get kind of a little tweaked there. Eye movements are very poor. This is going to cause difficulty reading. You're going to lose your place. You're going to skip lines. You're going to have poor reading comprehension. You feel like you're putting out extra effort to get your eyes to move from point A to point B. The other thing that we see is um, convergence or binocular, which is what it sounds like you were having. Your two eyes should be a team, and they weren't working as a team. sounds like they were fighting each other. That's that fusion or the binocularity that we're talking about. Usually that is very, very difficult in patients that have suffered a brain injury. And then the other one that we see is what's called a midline shift. This is where you feel like everything is just off a little bit. Everything is to one side. You can't really walk a straight line. You tend to veer to one Mm -hmm. side. You go to pick up a glass and you either miss it or you knock it over. Yes. Just can't quite align things the way that you run into a door frame. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you you could have sworn that you were going through the center of the door because that's what it looks like to you. Well, that is where the type lenses that we utilize the most in our office for these patients um, come into place. It just shifts their visual space slightly. To someone without a brain injury, they put on these glasses and they say, I see no difference at all. To a patient with a brain injury, writes their world. All of a sudden, things fall into place. They're making sense. They don't feel that anxiety of the unknown of where they are in space. They're able to walk. They're able to pick up things. They're able to write on a line. Um, Everything for them then improves. In our office, like I spoke on, we do vision therapy. So we try to totally, um, just a total rehabilitation of the visual system. And oftentimes through therapy, by the time we're finished, the patients don't need these special lenses anymore. They've, they've moved on. They don't feel that it helps them anymore. Um, they're not dependent on them. And that's, it's so rewarding, Amy. I just, I can't even put mm-hmm. it into words. Yeah. And, and that's the goal, right? To get people out of those lenses. Like, Mm-hmm. like the lenses are meant to be sort of a, a, a crutch or a band-aid to help them until they can not need them, correct? Absolutely. You know, our goal and our office or my personal goal is to do whatever I have to do to regain that patient's quality of life. 
it may never be the same as it was before yeah. a brain injury, but it doesn't mean it can't be great. Um, and if yeah. I can regain independence and just regain their quality of life, we'll do whatever we take. You know, if it's a pair of glasses, if it's therapy, um, we do something in our office called phototherapy or syntonics. We utilize that a lot with our patients with brain injury. Um, we have a lots of just little tips and tricks that we use in our office, and every patient with a brain injury is different. At the same time, all of their stories are the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you never know what's going to work for each one. But every one of them, they're different in so many ways, and in other ways, they are so much alike. So a statistic that I heard that blew my mind, um, 90% of people who have a brain injury uh, are likely to have vision problems as a result. Um, And I mean, when you think of that, out of 100 people, 90 of them are going to be struggling with a vision issue. And like me, not necessarily understand where it's stemming from right like if I hadn't been a photographer if I hadn't been so in tune with my eyes I might not have been able to articulate that it was my eyes right um Mm -hmm. that just that sense of things being off and you know like you said thinking you had you're going through the middle of the door but you run right into it and you know like um all the it's so frustrating and like you said well no two brains are the same and it's embarrassing, you know, because you realize I should be able to pick up this glass of water without knocking it over. (laughs) You know, I should be able to do this simple task. And so many of the patients we have, they almost want to retreat. You know, they want to stay at home. They want to stay in their safe space. And I don't want that for them. I want them to have the confidence that you can walk into a restaurant and enjoy a meal. You know, you can get out and enjoy time with your friends and um, not be fearful of doing something that may be caused by your vision. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, 90%, yes. I mean, that is an astounding number. But you have to wonder, out of that 90%, how many are not getting the help that they need? Through vision. Yes, yes. And and so when you do a vision therapy program at your clinic, um, what does that entail? Like how long is it? What what are some of the things you might do with your patients? I know you mentioned syntonics, um, but what are some, like what does a typical rehab look like with you? Well, I was just talking with a patient about this yesterday. You know, he asked me the same question, and I said, I wish I had a magical crystal ball and I could tell you, because just like every brain injury is so different, so is their therapy. And Mm -hmm. some patients, they just, things fall into place and they rehab so quickly, it's astounding. And then others that you think should be quick, they move a little bit slower than they should. Um... Typically, therapy on a patient with a brain injury takes about twice as long as it would on a patient without a brain injury. And think about why. If they don't have a brain injury, you're just kind of reteaching how to correctly do things. If they have had a brain injury, 
you're now trying to break down um, how they've had to adapt, because usually it's been about two, two and a half years before they ever make their way to your office. So now you're trying to break habits that have begun, and then you have to build them back. And so sometimes it can be lengthy. Sometimes it is not um, six months straight or 12 months straight. It may be broken apart. Let's work a few months on this skill, take a few months off. And it's so personalized to the patient. What may be important to you, like photography, I may have another patient that could care less about that. Um, so it really depends on the severity of their visual system and what their goals are. Because when we go into therapy with a patient, I don't say, these are my goals for you. I say, what are your goals? Yeah. And that's yeah. how we group, that's how we do our therapy. That's how we personalize it for that patient because no two patients are the same. And another thing, you know, a lot of people talk about, well, they had a severe brain injury. They had a mild concussion. There is no mild concussion. Um, I have had people that their MRI... <laughs> Say that again. They look perfect. <laughs> exactly. They look perfect. Um, but yet they're just a visual disaster. They just can't get it together. There is no mild brain injury. Um, there's just not. So it's so mm -hmm. hard to say how long someone's therapy or treatment is going to be until you get them in therapy and you start to see they're progressing week to week. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the whole concept, like, it's not a cookie cutter program. You know, I think that's so important to understand. I, you know, people in my Facebook group all the time are asking, like, what exercises did you do? I'm having trouble with this. And it's like, well, what works for me might make you worse right? Like mm -hmm. it's all dependent yeah. on what exactly is going on with you. And, you know, to be fair, there are vision therapy programs out there that are cookie cutter. Everybody does yeah. the same thing. Um, yeah. And those obviously aren't going to be as effective because um, yeah. <clears throat> you can actually be messing the person up more than you're helping them. Um, well, and the exam too, it doesn't stop when I sign off on the chart, that's not the end of the exam. For instance, I had a patient, and I, I just posted um, on our Instagram and Facebook uh, last week, and um, this particular patient had um, had an infection that traveled to his brain, and everything for him was off. I would ask him to draw on a line. It was four inches too high. It was... and. I finally said, well, let's, let's try something. And so I put these special lenses that we use, um, these special type of prism, and the patient drew beautifully on the line. I had been working on this skill for three weeks. Guess what I just did? Everything I had programmed for his therapy that day got a big X through it, and I totally <laughs> redid my game plan. Um, so it can't be cookie cutter because I have to be so fluid in the therapy room. If I give a patient, and this is, oh, man, this is so big for patients with brain injury, I may give them a task that I feel like will be so easy for them, and they just fall apart. Then I turn around and give them a task that I think is going to be a little challenging, and they blow through it without blinking an eye. 
you just never know. You have to be fluid. You have to be adaptable. And again, you adapt everything to your patient's goals. And no two people, I've never had two people where their goals were the exact same. Yeah. And not only the patient's goals, we ask the caregivers too. Because sometimes the caregivers see things in a different perspective than maybe the patients do. And so I want to know, too, mm-hmm. what are the caregivers' goals um, for you? One thing that we um, helped start about a year ago was a support group in our area for patients and caregivers um, with a brain injury. And I have had all of the caregivers tell me that it was more beneficial and rewarding for them than it was the actual patient. Um, because they're starting to hear things in different verbiage and different words, and they're starting to understand what their loved ones are going through. And then they're able to talk with other caregivers and exchange ideas and how are you handling this and um, where are you getting resources? You know, where might you be getting vision therapy? Where did you find a functional neurologist? And That's one thing I want your listeners to hear. If you're not part of some type of a support group, whether it is in person, whether it is through a Facebook group like yours, Amy, please have that network because you're not in this alone. Mm -hmm. Yes, so important. Um, You know, and I'm so happy to hear that you you guys created a support group because there's such a need. And, you know, my book, um, I have heard from more caregivers that my book helped them understand what their loved one is dealing with. Because from the outside looking in, you cannot understand. Like, you know, we might be able to walk and talk, but like, we can't do the simplest task, like pick up a glass of water, right? And mm-hmm. so it is, it's so important for resources for the caregivers as well to understand the perspective of what their loved one's going through. So I love that you guys have a combined group. Um, I understand the need to have separate groups too, right? But there's not many that they're combined. And so um, I really appreciate that that's what you're doing as well. Um, So I do want to touch on one thing as we're, we're, um, starting to get to the end of our time here. Um, So you are part of the NORA Association, um, Neuro-Optometric Rehabilitation Rehabilitation. Association, (laughs) N-O-R-A. It's a mouthful, Um, yes. (laughs) And I have had Dr. Deborah Zielinski on the podcast several times. Um, And um, can you explain to our listeners what that is and how they can find a NORA in their community. Absolutely. So what NORA is, it is a group of, and it's not even just optometric providers. Um, There are actually other providers that are a part of NORA. Um, You can go on their website. You can type in your zip code. You can see who is nearby, if you feel like your vision is being impacted, um, please find someone in your area and and have it checked. Like I said, it could be simple as a pair of glasses. It may require vision therapy. You don't know until you get it looked at. 
Nora is a great avenue for that. Um, it also has a lot of articles, so you can kind of help to understand it a little bit better and maybe what you're going through. Maybe even help your providers. You know, print off an article that hits close you know, to the home and maybe give it to your neurologist or your primary eye care physician or your primary physician and, and let them kind of see and understand what it is you're going through. Their website is noravisionrehab.org. Um, it has on there, you know, information on who can even benefit or from a neurooptometric assessment. And you can go on there and look. Another avenue to find someone who does vision therapy in your area that is exclusive to just optometrists is covd.org. And um, that is another avenue, you know, to go through. And you can look and see who who does vision therapy? Most doctors who does who do vision therapy are also equipped um, in brain injury. That is the College of Optometrists and Vision Development, and that's covd.org. Same thing, you type in your zip code, um, and it has information on there as well. Wonderful, great resources. And if anyone wants to find you in Mississippi, um, your website is bellevuesec.com. So bellevue um, specialty eyecare.com, um, SEC. Yes. And you, they can also find you on Instagram and Facebook. I know I'm following you on both those places. Yes, um, anywhere else that they. Staff, yeah, my young staff just had us do a TikTok page as well, and <laughs> so our handle there is um, at TikTok. What TikTok VT Doc? It's D O K. So oh. TikTok VT Doc, and so we just started that. So it's great to have a, a young and hip staff around you. Um, but we are very active on social media because we want to celebrate with our patients mm -hmm. and our patients. Any any success is a success, um, and we want to celebrate that. And so when we have a patient that maybe has had a brain injury and they're now able to draw on the line, like this patient I was just talking about, we posted it. We all celebrated. People from all over the world were celebrating um, when we have a patient who can their balance improves, and we have testimonies on there. And so I really want it to be a platform that is uplifting, that is hope-giving, um, because there is, there is hope, there is life to be lived, there is always something to celebrate, and when you can celebrate it with others, if you know them or not through social media, it's just great. Um, and so I'd love for everybody to join and celebrate all these successes with us and let us celebrate yours too. Awesome. Yeah, you guys are doing a great job on social media. And I must admit, TikTok is one I have not tackled yet. And I don't know. I don't know if I have the bandwidth for one more thing. Yeah. So I'm glad you have the staff that is like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, but yeah. such a lot. Thank you so much for being here today. This has just been a wonderful conversation. And, you know, just such important information to get out to the community. And, um, you know, I appreciate you being here and taking the time to chat with our listeners. 
Well, Amy, thank you for having us, and thank you for just bringing awareness of brain injury in all different avenues because, as you know, brain injury is um, almost like a silent disability because people say, well, you Mm -hmm. look great. You look so good. Um, I don't see anything. How could anything be wrong? I don't understand. And like you said, you go through life functioning, but you're just not functioning the way that you should. So thank you for what you do and just bringing awareness. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Dr. Megan Lott. And again, their website is BellevueSEC.com. And that is in the show notes. So you can check them out online. And just another big thank you to our sponsor, IntegratedBrainCenters.com. Find them online and sign up for your free consultation. And Also, if you would like to listen to previous episodes, you can subscribe on most streaming platforms such as iTunes, or you can find them at facesoftbi.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And don't forget to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook. Thank you all for listening. And thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll see you in the next episode.